Welcome, everyone, to the Sickos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of July 25th, 2023. The heat has finally come down a little bit around here, but I'm getting sick now, which is always a good sign. With us tonight, as always, we have Kamish. We have our permanent squatters, Pit Girl and Beth. And we have special guest, Matt Brown from Extra Points. Matt, how are you tonight, sir? Uh, I'm doing wonderful, friends. Thanks thanks for having me on here. This is, uh, I feel like this is my spiritual home after doing so many of these shows where I have to pretend to be a serious professional with all of these credentialed attorneys and discussing very serious legislation. But but deep down, this is where I want to be. Thank you for having me. Happy to have you. Beth, how are you? Uh, awaiting the results of my strep test. How are you? Oh, God, you too. Damn it. <laughs> If you guys make me sick, I'm going to be so <laughs> mad at all of you. Same. I, I don't think that's how podcasts work, but I'm not sure. I haven't been doing it long enough. I'm just going to lick the microphone and we'll see what happens. Oh, gross. Oh, no. Come on, man. Worst nurse don't deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, girl, how are you? I'm good. Happy Tuesday. Kamish? I'm good. I had to drop uh, $400. On electrical repairs for the garage, yeah, because uh, that that random thunderstorm we got on on Sunday, our, our first rain in probably like three months, heavy rain, power flickered, all three of my outlets in the garage had to be replaced, and you know, <laughs> nothing nothing like spending four hundred dollars on home repairs, and and I don't know if they said this just to appease me spending four hundred dollars with them, but they were like one of them was really loose and it could have started a uh, started a house fire, so I don't know if it's if they just say that, I, I don't know. What What is the next biblical plague to be visited upon Texas? Because it sounds like all of your weather right now is in all caps. Getting frogs next. Frogs. TCU's Fro- going to have a great yeah. year. <laughs> TCU's having a great year. Frogs. <laughs> Matt, most of our folks probably know you, but just for the ones that don't, tell us what you do, what your thing is right now. Uh, sure, sure. So I, I guess my thing is I write extra points which is a newsletter that comes out four days a week that covers the off the field issues that shape college sports, which I think the, the natural overlap between a sickos enthusiast and like my line of work is is pretty heavy. Cause you know, I'm, 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 you know, I write about college football and I write about college sports, but I'm not so much concerned about who wins a game or which recruit goes where, like I'm, I'm personally concerned, but that's not what my business is. I write a lot about everything from federal legislation to NIL to Division II conference realignment to facilities projects at the Division Three level, just really deep inside baseball, sausage-making stuff, which, which has been really rewarding. Yeah, I, I was at Vox with a lot of the shutdown full cast people for a long time. And then, of course, when Vox uh, Media decided they wanted to pivot to uh, making political content for people who have hate has no home here, but no immigrants in their neighborhood, you know, kind of oh, people. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, they, you know, I, I was, I was laid off and I've been doing this now for about three years Been been part of the D one ticker family for the last year and a half, which is another B2B kind of publication. So I, I guess I would describe it as I write sports business journal for people who also listen to the shutdown full cast. Like that, that, that is my sweet spot of uh, sports business news. I want to say that as a compliment to you, that how you cover things influences also how we cover things, because mm-hmm. you're one of the first people that was answering the questions that we always had. I remember it was last, it was last year when we found out West Virginia had a great cricket team and yeah. you, you reached out, you started looking at that and it made us, and that was just the point where we had just done like a real full season at that point. And we started going, well, we can just reach out too. like, that's, that's something that someone will talk to us about. 
We don't have to just ask questions. We can actually find these answers out. Isn't that, isn't that exciting? I mean, yes. there, I, I, it can be kind of silly, but even after I've been doing this for a long time and, and many other reporters are jaded and certainly we, we can, we can think about things about this industry or about college sports that are, that are, can bum us out or be cynical, but by God, I'm never bored because there's so many different rabbit holes here in college sports. It's so big and it's so provincial and it's so unique. There's always a rabbit hole to dig into. And it's, it's one of the most professionally gratifying things that I ever get to do is I get to be the guy that calls the weird one-off thing that no one else would think to do. And they're like, well, we're kind of wondering when somebody would call. And I'm like, well, well great. I got like the West Virginia cricket. I, I remember this, the other school, if I remember correctly, that randomly had a great cricket program was Arkansas state. Something like that, yeah. And I remember calling and talking to a gentleman of Indian extraction who was a graduate student there, we were going to do a follow-up interview. And literally 20 minutes later, UCLA and USC went to the Big Ten. And I'm like, <laughs> my brother, I got to call you back. I remember <laughs> that. I remember, I remember that day. And that's part of, part, of, part of the challenge of like trying to set up my own editorial calendar. Because probably a third of my readership are people just like you guys, where I could I could decide to completely go off the reservation in the news cycle and write about Division Three black turf, which I imagine we'll get to. Here. Oh, yeah, we will. Oh, yeah. Real, real weirdo stuff, which is great. I have a third of my readers, and this is deeply funny to me, but these are people who are students whose professors assign extra points as their textbook. Yes. There are people that are studying sports management, and they pay us. We, we give them a discount. We have like a classroom package around it. And it's, it's part of their class. I'm thinking some of these schools I couldn't have gotten into. And now like they have to read what I'm like. So that's, you know, that's, you know, mom will be, mom will be proud kind of thing. Right. But that also means if I'm writing to people that are going to become future ADs or coaches or SWAs or, or people that work in this ecosystem, I have to talk to them a little bit about bigger stories. But another third of the audience are people that actually work in the industry. And that includes conference commissioners, athletic directors, a lot of the faceless bureaucrats, but also other reporters, people that work for NIL collectives, people who work for some of these gigantic companies that really shape college sports that maybe fans don't think about as much. Your, your Learfield, your Playflies, your BSNs, the ones who make all the shoes, the ones who make all your websites. Those people uh, read the, the newsletter too. And I, I kind of feel bad for them sometimes. Cause I'm like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get you the EA Sports brand our sponsorship fights, but you're going to have to sit through some weird stuff too. And it's been gratifying that people <laughs> that I think wouldn't be interested in some of those things, like, oh, you're, you're a big, fancy, important credential man on LinkedIn. And sometimes they'll like text me and they're like, I'm glad I read that. Like, perfect. And then that I have, I have, I have fulfilled the one thing professionally I'm good at. I'm glad, glad to try to thread that needle. What are your fandoms? Just so our, our audience knows. I grew up in a place called Granville, Ohio, Licking County. Um, if you folks know Denison University, Division oh, yeah. Three School. Yep. Yeah. I grew up down the road from Swayze Chapel next to a zebra uh, in, in Granville. And so, and I, I ended up going to American University for a little while, realizing that going to school surrounded by thousands of people that wanted to be on the West Wing is in fact not fun. And so I transferred, went to Ohio State where I could be around normal people. Um, and, 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 For some definition and, of normal, yes. I mean, think about this. The, the kind of people that that would literally go to bars and like have parties around the presidential debate. Oh, yeah. And then there's people who do this for a football game. And I recognize that I, I think I'm more culturally in tune with the football game people than I am the, 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 the State of the Union people. 
So I still root for Ohio State. Like if they're playing, I would prefer them to win. I think it's funny when when when, when something good happens to them and 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 not to Michigan. But but you know, candidly, just because you've been doing this for twelve years, like. My, my, do I live and die with Ohio State football the same way that I did when this wasn't my job? Like, no, uh, I, I, I still care. It's a connection of where I grew up, but it's not the same thing. I also root for the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Brazilian men's national soccer team, despite having this gringo ass name. Uh, my, my mother was born in Brazil. My sister still lives there. That's where uh, I had dual citizenship. And like the, o- the only way that somebody who looks like me and has a name like me can like visibly connect with Brazilianness in a place where there are no Brazilians is by rooting for their soccer team and everything else. I just root for memes, uh, and, 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 and individuals that I've gotten to know rather than anything else. I, I used to care a lot more about baseball, but now it just feels like work. Uh, I don't, I don't have the emotional energy to engage with stuff. We do you do sports for 12 hours a day. I mean, like, I'm, what, I mean, before, before I hopped on with you guys, I was playing the long dark. Like I, I don't have patience to watch a baseball game now. I'm a Pirates fan. I, I take the box score and move on. Yeah, that's what I would do. Yeah, that's all I do. I wanted to mention, I think when we first started tweeting, I don't know if we guilted you into going to Amherst, Massachusetts to go see <laughs> UConn versus UMass at McGurk Alumni Stadium, but I feel Dude, like we did. You uh, might have. I got. I, I, you know, I'll, I'll talk about this real quick. I'll be honest with you. That was legitimately one of the best sporting experiences I've had in my life. Yeah. And I'll, I'll tell you why. There were, there were two big reasons for this, right? One, this was the first sporting event that I went to in person post-pandemic. And, you know, I know post-pandemic in air quotes here, right? But, yeah, like, yeah. you know, I, I had been cooped up in my basement for a year and a half. And being there was a reminder, like, I actually really like being at football games. I like that energy. I like being in a new place. And what I was very I stressed a, a, a great deal to the UMass athletic department, their comm staff and all of their fans was, I am not going to this game to make fun of you. I am not going to this game as some, as some post ironic Twitter bit. I'm going to take you seriously. I know this is, this is crappy football, but I'm going to go and I'm going to put on my tweed jacket and I'm going to dress like a sports writer. And I'm going to wander up in the stands. I'm going to put a microphone in front of your face. And I'm going to say, you, we both know this is ass. But I know it's very important to you. Tell me why. And I don't typically go to places where strangers give me hugs and say, thank you for coming. But that happened at that game because there's so many UMass fans and even some UConn UConn fans. They're like, we just want someone to take us seriously. We just don't we don't care about winning the Orange Bowl. We want to come here. We want to make fun of somebody that went to the other school because they're all in our same neighborhood. And we just don't want to be a meme. And we think that's attainable. And the fact that somebody like you would come from Chicago to witness that, it's important to us. It was awesome. Do I remember almost mm-hmm. anything about the game? No. I, I feel like you, UConn might have thrown for like 30 yards. It was a completely forgettable experience. But the atmosphere was great. The food, surprisingly, surprisingly, excellent at, at, at Amherst. And, it, and I, I viewed that experience as kind of a North Star for the kind of coverage I want to do when I go to games, because I don't have I don't have that New York Times money. I don't got I don't have Wordle money. I can't just fly around like Carmen San Diego and go to every game that I want. I really have to pick my spots because it's expensive, and that was the perfect example of I think the kind of a, of a very extra point story. I'm, I'm still very glad I went. I went to UConn last year. I went to the UConn UMass game last year because my parents live in Springfield. Oh, right on. And it was so much fun. I would definitely recommend going to Hartford, or well, East Hartford, wherever it is. 
um, yeah. sometime if you get the opportunity to. The tailgate scene was much more robust than I initially expected. There was somebody there who had a Yukon ambulance. They had Ooh. a retired ambulance that was just Yukon everywhere. Um, yeah. Ran into so many folks who were like dual fans too. Like I grew up an Auburn fan. My dad's a big Auburn guy. We saw a guy with an yeah. Auburn flag and my dad was immediately like, we got to go walk over there and talk to the guy. Like sure. so much fun. And that's one of the things that small schools, in addition to what you were saying about like taking UConn and UMass seriously, because even when the football is not objectively great, it still matters. Like all football is good football, right? Small schools are fun also because a lot of people have secondary fandoms. And so it sort of turns into college football con. And yeah. that in and of itself is also super fun. Yeah, I, I, that happens, I think, for every, just about every major game that I go to or an FCS game. You're going to see SEC and Big Ten and Pac-12 flags or sometimes other random ones, right? Like if I, if I you know, go to a West Virginia game and I see like a Montana flag, like mm -hmm. I'm talk to that guy. But but you're right. I I will say this though. I don't know if I, I don't know exa exactly what the rules are for for profanity here. But I didn't know what that game was called by undergraduates. Uh, mm. And I have a pretty uh, laid back style guide in terms of profanity or coloring outside the lines. <laughs> and then when I sat in the stands, I'm like, I can't. I I, we, I can't. We purposely avoided saying that to anger everybody in the replies. So we, yeah, we knew about it, and the yeah. Wikipedia article has been updated. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, this was this was news to me. This, I'm so, just saying. I just we're just gonna call this the Yukon UMass game. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, again, you know uh, <laughs> the the battle of I ninety one. The big chowder bowl, whatever you want to call it. Sure. Well, I, uh, yeah, the battle yeah. for all the nutmeg. There we go. But yes, sure, sure. Why not? Sure. <laughs> so let's talk about a couple of the little stories that you've been covering lately. First, I say little, but because there's stuff that you know we found fascinating and. You made the calls and did it. Let's talk about the D3 black field at SUNY Morrisville. Yeah, let, let, let's talk about that. I don't know what y'all's reaction was when you first saw it. So, so, okay, I, my, let me tell you my background first. I'm, I, I come from a band director background. I'm from Texas. Sure. So, so for me, turf is evil. Turf is a necessary evil. Uh, I, people burn the shit out of their feet on it. Um, yeah. I've had, I've had kids mm -hmm. get, like burns on the bottom of their arms from like radiation heat from bad turf. I grew up marching on the old, like not bladed grass turf, just like the flat carpet turf in the Alamo dome tripped when I was 14 in the Alamo dome fucking nightmare memory of mine. So, yeah. so don't get you cancer, dude. Like, like that's like, that's yeah. the stuff that I remember. And yeah. I, I grew up in my band life on AstroTurf, like good old fashioned. It's a glorified parking lot that happens to be green. Mm -hmm. And so when I saw that, my, my first reaction is, Oh my God, this is like, I, cause I also went to college in the new England, new England. So I have a little of that mindset too, of like, it's not that hot. However, it's a black field, <laughs> black field. Yeah. Right. So that, that makes me feel better. Cause like my, my first reaction was, I, I think the first time I saw it was from a, a coach saying, yeah, cleats are going to melt. And I mm -hmm. looked at it like, yeah, it looks like a parking lot. I remember I showed it to my wife who uh, is a very useful sounding board for me, my wife, Taylor, because she could not care less about sports. Uh, she's from Chicago. She went to BYU and didn't go to any BYU sporting events or anything. And so she'll notice things that I miss. And she's just like, that looks hot as shit. Like, why, why would anybody do this? So I made the call, right? Because like, I, I've never seen a black football field before. I've seen lots of other different colored fields. And Central, I mean, not, not, uh, yeah, yeah, I think in Central Arkansas has a purple yeah. field. Right? The purple, the, the purple the gray, gray, purple, purple gray, yeah. yeah. Gray, right? Marietta. I grew up in Ohio. Marietta's not that far from where I grew up. Now they have a gray field. Like I've seen other things. So I figured, well, let's, let's make the call. 
And they got the athletic director and, and their SWA senior women administrator uh, got back to me right away. We got them on the phone two days later and talked through that. Right. And, 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 you know, to their credit, they, you know, that was the first, I didn't even have to bring it up. They're like, Hey, you're probably asking about the heat, right? Yeah. So let's talk about that first. I was like, well, I was going to kind of butter you up and ask about some other stuff, but if you want to lead with that by all means, <laughs> Yeah. And, and, you know, they were walking through, like, listen, our average temperature in August and September is like 62 degrees. We're a Division three school. Nobody's on the field in July. Football practices before 7 a.m. Soccer practices in the evening. We actually want it to be warmer um, for our spring sports. You know, if you're, if you're playing lacrosse in upstate New York in March, mm-hmm. you might want that a little bit. And they said, like, it's only a two degree difference. And they, they walked me through one of the studies and, and, and they checked the, you know, they, they, they did some, some temperature uh, evaluations and they have another green turf field there. So they're able to, to show the difference. And is it nerdy stuff? Like, yeah, but I think a good, again, a good North star is like interview the meme, like ask the question. And sometimes things really are as stupid as they look because in college sports, sometimes people are just in charge of stuff. People yeah. do dumb things, but I understand the thought process behind it now. Uh, I don't think I would want a black field necessarily, but if I was in Connecticut or Maine or I don't know, Watertown or some other, other part of upstate New York, I guess, where you need to stand out. Cause I didn't, I don't know. You guys probably knew this. I didn't, there's like 50 Sunnis. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. They're all oh, over yeah. the place. Yeah. There's, there's a gajillion of these things. I, and like the, Cortland is like just down the road from this place. Yeah, right. Yeah. Or there's like, there's like two others within 40 mm-hmm. minutes. So maybe you're gonna have to put on your PT Barnum act to stand out if there's another version of you seven highway exits away. Like I, I get that. I think that the one thing I found out when I was looking this up was I didn't realize that Penn state had such a robust, like turf, not turf, like turf measurement, turf science program. Cause mm-hmm. I was yeah. getting studies from them about relative temperatures. Mm-hmm. I was like, okay, we've, okay. Someone has done this math already. That's good to know. <laughs> that, that, that's another fun thing about this whole. Yes. Piece. As you get to know schools better, you you realize that some some everybody has some random hyper specialized yeah. institute for something. When I was in third grade, we took a field trip to Penn State, and you would have thought they would have taken us to the creamery or anything else. Nope, we spent seven hours sitting at Beaver Stadium with people explaining to us their turf management system. <laughs> <laughs> what a field like, trip! Just God. just ten oh. year olds just staring as blankly as you could possibly imagine. Like what? I don't. I, it's just grass. Can we play on it? Do we get to play on the grass? No, we have to sit here and look at the grass. Okay. This is oh, like that, that is... Simpsons episode where you just go into the box factory again. I mean, that's That's what it sounds like. For, for me growing up, it was the basket factory because we lived down the street from the world's biggest basket. From the, the Longenberger yes. basket. Look, um, also, I, now... since you brought up Marietta, Ohio, yeah. I have to say, yeah. like, shout out to the Guernsey Jug, the greatest restaurant in existence. It's pretty good. <laughs> I, I, I mean, so, southeastern Ohio is a is a is a hidden gem. As long as you don't go in like January and like have to try to drive through everything there. But, My uh, family's originally from St. Mary's, West Virginia, like right across the river sure. from there. So sure. yeah, <laughs> that's 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 a uh, it's, it's it's wonderful. But I mean, like, did did the story go viral? Like the oh my gosh, the Mustangs are playing on goddamn asphalt stuff. Like no, but did did a, a bunch of people saw it? And I learned a lot about yeah. a lot of different things because because there that's not just a turf story. Uh, I'm going to be honest with you guys. Like I have I'm a very curious person. I don't really give a shit about different kinds of turf pellets and and, and and surface temperatures. Although I'm glad I learned a little bit about it. But it's it's a it's a marketing and a branding story. 
and it's which is it's something that every division three almost every division three institution has to think about and this idea of how can we create a very unique experience a unique brand and, and also create some kind of home field advantage yeah. in a world where none of us are ever going to get more than 500 people at an event so if you can mess up people's depth perception a little bit or create something that's completely different from everything else i get it i mean i think maybe a good example at the division one level is the Long Beach State Pyramid, yeah. where they play basketball. Yep. There's no building like that anywhere, and people in the big in the Big West are like, "Hey, messes your 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 shot, your depth perception, because the ceiling is not where it's supposed to be when you're when you're playing somewhere else." Nope. Great, w whatever helps the dirtbags or Lakers, the beach, the beach, whatever. I mean, the dirtbags baseball, but like yeah. you know, whatever helps those guys cultivate an <laughs> advantage for yourself that you can't get because you can't build Beaver Stadium in suburban Los Angeles for a big West school. So go, go for it. Be weird. I got that Instagram thing. I don't know if you want to pull it up. Oh, so um, I, I found an Instagram video uh, uh, from some of the athletes just making fun of the meme saying it was really hot. So I, it's in the show notes. I don't know if you could pull that up. Yeah, give me Jordan. one second. second pull it. it was they were, they were making fun of everybody saying that the turf was too hot. So there's some uh, profanity in it, but I don't know uh, if you can play it or not. I can't get it to play, but I'll pull it up later uh -oh. on. I'll put it in here. I have it. I have it open on on mic. Let me see. Yeah, yeah. No, oh. yeah they're, they're 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 falling down and pretending to die. One one of the guys is hosing down the other the other person. Yes. Yeah. It's too hot. Oh my god. And like yeah. Oh, I, I I think I think what makes this video is one of the players is wearing a tank top that says "I love hot moms." <laughs> really just. This is the other thing that that's delightful about all of this. You know, not to drive the conversation too far into a ditch already. We love ditches. Yeah, we're, 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 we're all, talking about it's all ditches. Do. It's fine. Yeah, we're talking about twenty-year-olds. Yeah. Right. Twenty-year-olds. What's better than guys being dudes and 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 being you know making these kind of weird this weird these this, this weird video content before we're trying to necessarily maybe monetize or brand everything. They're just being silly, uh, which is a, you know something that you don't see the New York Jets doing, and, right. and that's fun. Great. I'm glad they did it. I yeah, should, I, I mean. We always get like the two percent of guys who like when we're going to do the dumb thing that pops into our mind, something terrible happens. But for ninety eight percent of them, it's just hysterically fun, and it, it's good to be able to lean into that hard and just like let kids be kids. Yeah, I mean, I like, like half like half of what we do is I feel like we do on the Sickos account and the podcast and everything else is we find just like you do like these little threads and you start pulling at them and you okay well cool like. You know, we we got into our god our the ditch we've been in for at least a week now on nuclear power at nuclear reactors and schools. And yeah, go bucks, baby. Yeah. The last time we went in deep, we found out that fucking Reed College in Oregon has a nuclear react crazy ass Reed College, and I'm just like, why why do they have right? And so I again just rabbit hole after rabbit hole figuring that out. I just found I out were, right I now. I didn't know they taught math there. Like, not only yeah, not only do they have one, they've had it since the late '60s. Seems bad. I'm yeah. pretty sure that the only reason they teach math and chemistry there is to figure out new ways to make new drugs. But <laughs> the best you know, acid you've ever fucking useful. Had. Well, Nuclear yeah, acid. I mean, if I'm gonna pay 75 grand or whatever it takes to go to read, I better get stoned in a completely new kind of way. Well, I did. I, I did find out that because again, we talked about SUNY Morrisville pulled up their pulled up their Wikipedia page. They have a cannabis industry minor. So again, you pull oh. one thing, you pull another, and all of a sudden you end up with you know. How long have they had that minor? Because New York literally just legalized weed. I don't know. It's been a while, apparently. Hmm. Tw 2018. Yeah. Okay. 
Maybe, maybe they grew hemp there for like rope. They did. They have, they have a large industrial hemp factory there, uh, plant there. <laughs> so just uh, all sorts of things. And again, every college has their their thing that they want to tell you about. Yeah. yeah. The more we do this, it just like lets. Yeah, you know, we posted the thing about the nukes, and then Michigan State was like, "Well, we have a giant beam thing that we can aim and blah." And then I found out today, someone's got a forty Tesla magnet. That's our thing. Yeah, I was like, "Our magnet is we got a crazy magnet." I'm like, "Well, thank cool, you. hey, yeah." And then of course, then you have people should talking about magnets, right? Magnets yeah. not even that big, yeah. new ass drum looking magnet, like <laughs> no, which is which is the exact spirit of of what all of college athletics is about. If we right. Can start, you can you can have a pissing yeah. contest about literally anything. Love it. Tell us about your other project, Matt. We've been playing AD Simulator 3000, and it's delightful. <laughs> oh, I'm so glad you like it. It's so good. Oh, I mean, I'm 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 really proud of it. For I reckon, listen, it's not Football Manager, you guys. It's not a AAA video game, but I don't know. I'm not a computer. I'm not a software developer. And uh, what it is right now, it's only been out a week. Like I, I got to be honest, the response has far outstripped my modest expectations and it's maybe even more excited to continue to develop it. So, so for those that aren't aware, right. Athletic director simulator 3000 is a real ass computer game. It's not a meme. It's, it's a, it's a real game. You can run it in your, in your web browser. It'll run on an Apple Mac Linux. Uh, we pulled it up on my daughter's raspberry Pi. Uh, like it, 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 you know, it, <laughs> it, it works. I'll be it slowly. And, and it's, it's a game that allows you to basically pretend to be an athletic director. And you, you start as a low, a generic low major AD, and you are given dozens of, of, of potential scenarios that are for the most part, very realistic. And we know they're very realistic because we ran them by a bunch of ADs. <laughs> and we ran them by a bunch of people that like, this is, this is our superpower that I can call up a bunch of industry folks and say like, what did you do when something like this happened? Or is, is this realistic or are, are these answers potentially realistic? And the the the, the use the, the player has to figure out how they respond to these scenarios. They have to balance their budget, balance their director's cup ranking, their performance on the field, and their support, which is you know both campus support and, and fan support. If you do well, you can get promoted to a bigger, high-profile job with different problems. If you do poorly, you get fired. And one of the things that makes this game different is that there aren't right answers, which has deeply frustrated many players and some. ADs <laughs> and some <laughs> the way that the way that, I mean to, to pull back the curtain the way that the gameplay set up is that they're, they're all it's weighted probability there are some uh, choices that are more likely to, to deliver a successful response okay. but there's no 100% sure things or zero percent things so which is I think how real life works you can make sound policy choices as an AD and get unlucky. You can decide to hire Bobby Petrino multiple times and you'll make some bowl games probably like, or you can have a bad, a bad policy and have positive outcomes for at least for a little while. And, and that's what we wanted to, to simulate. So the, the game's been out for a week. I think over 5,000 people have played it. We've had a couple, I mean, oh, wow. I think one, one of the, this, you'll, you guys will get a kick out of this. The one of the top 20 high scores right now, as best as I can tell, belongs to the athletic director at the university of central Arkansas. <laughs> but, he's not, but he's not the top scorer. Oh. And I've had a couple of ADs text me like, I got fired. And I'm like, I'm not going to do that. Like, <laughs> so I, I, I don't I think, think you're going to say that, yeah. No, uh, our, my goal is actually to do a Twitch stream with uh, with an AD. Uh, I'm hoping to maybe do it with some, the guy that's uh, in charge of North Alabama. We've, we've been talking with members of his staff 
maybe we get somebody from the big sky. It might be a reoccurring feature, right? To sit down and play with somebody who's actually in the industry, which I think could be kind of fun. And we get to, well, I mean, I, it's been out for a week. I've already done two updates. I'm probably going to drop another question update later this week, or, you know, we're trying to add a couple of scenarios, both based on the news and based on our imaginations. So that way the game doesn't feel stale and, and, and you see repeats a little bit less. It's it, It's been fun for me to try to play. I, I've, Again, with the no right answers thing, and then I keep getting that CBI question. That question, like, did, do you want to go to the CBI? And then me being the commissioner <laughs> of the Sickos Committee, I'm like, yes, hell yeah. Hell yeah, we're on the I'm CBI. To CBI. Yeah. Does that work out for me all the time? No. Oh. Um, I mean, I'm really upset that, you know, I make the money back, but I still lose in the final. <laughs> Come on, Matt. You got to give me a scenario where I win the CBI. Would you win the I CBI? Need, I need to win the CBI, Matt. All right? I need to win it. <laughs> yeah, I, yeah. I, th I think I'm looking. I think I don't think right now. I don't, I don't think you can. And, 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 I was like, come on. I want to win a I will say, one of our goals over the next couple of months is to make this more sophisticated and more customizable. Um, we're limited by the fact that I have a political science degree, so I'm already cosplaying as a reporter. Right? I didn't go to J school. I didn't learn how to do any of this shit until I failed at three other jobs and kind of backed into it. And none of those other three jobs were computer programmer. <laughs> like, um, and, and I, I learned a little bit of Python in part as a joke and in part to, to help with some data analysis. But once my bosses were like, no, we should make this a game and we, we can, we can hire some contractors, but you're going to need to know enough to be able to direct that team and to, to, and to support the system yourself once it's built. So I need to, I have to get better. Um, or enough of you guys need to, to buy extra point subscriptions so I can just drop a bag on somebody else to build it. But I, I can tell you in the near future, um, we are going to have some, uh, some features to allow you to like name your school, name your AD, which uh, seems like a simple thing. It's, that will be coming soon. We want to make the game longer so you don't have, to, don't have to take the promotion if it's offered to you. You can play as a, a P5 AD for a couple more cycles so you can try to get number one in Director's Cup. And I think eventually we're going to change some of the variables. So there might be campus support and political and like fan support as different variables and give more opportunities for you to spend political capital in one place to potentially do well in, in other places. And, and, and hopefully we'll be able to kind of make this more sophisticated over the, over the course of the fall. The vibes of Oregon's trail meets Crusader Kings are so meets football manager is like, so mm -hmm. fundamentally makes me so happy. Oh my God, Matt, you're just, you're saying all the right things for me. Oh my God. So I'm, I'm glad you mentioned that. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest about it here. Like this is partly naked commercial self-interest and part of it is a nod to my own limitations. So you're right. Anybody who plays this game is going to notice, and we've joked about it in the public. We have made 1983's hottest computer game. Uh, it, 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 <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it's eight bit audio. Oh yeah. Um, right. It's black and green graphics. Now, and that touch it, right there makes it just, Oh it, man, it's, it's beautiful. Yeah, it it's looks beautiful. like, it looks like it came off an Apple IIe. Mm -hmm. And part of that is because we recognize what is going to hit every nostalgia button of a late thirties to early forties, either fan or college professor or administrator, AKA the people that want to buy this, mm -hmm. this is the way to do it. And also I don't know anything about pixel art. Turns out lots of colors are hard. Two colors I can do, right? I don't, the, the more, the more, you know, having to, having to build a GUI and make windows and shit, that's hard, mm -hmm. but I can do this. Uh, and our developer was like, this is not the aesthetic that people are typically looking for here. And I'm like, trust me on this. 
we, we want we want this to look like it was made in the Game Boy. Um, and and the kind of joke, I mean, I'm, I'm guessing uh, you the, the people on this call are listening are pretty familiar with Homestar Runner. Yeah. That the joke right. that we kind of the development plan we've looked at is like. We want to slowly progress through Strongbad's computers. Yeah. We're starting at the worst one here. I, I think maybe in a couple months we can make a Windows 3.1 game. We'll make the Lappy 486. That and eventually we'll progress to like a Windows 95 game as 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 our programming skills improve. That's I have to admit, problem. the first time I saw it, my thought was like, oh, get ye flask. You can't get ye flask. Oh, uh, true story. That was in the original version of the game. My boss asked me to take it out. I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't, or I think, I think I had like a, when it, like, like our test question was like, if you failed the test, the, the default text was your head explode. <laughs> oh, that's so good. Which was like, look, I, my people are going to get it. And they're like, yeah, but like, we're not selling just to your people. So take the shit out. I'm like, Fine. I, I think my favorite question in the game that I got, which I just put it in the, the sickos committee, like Patreon chat, but no, uh, no context whatsoever for our, our listeners. Uh, the favorite question was like, it's time to select a new pouring rights partner. Who do you pick? And I was like, okay, so you have Coke, Pepsi, nobody. The money isn't a big at this level, which I'm still FC FCS at this time. And you don't yeah. want to be tied to a restrictive contract. And then four was a local, a local soda pop company. And so, you know, be, me, you know, I was like, okay, I don't know which one I should pick here. And then I picked the the local soda pop company. It's like, well, too bad. That local soda pop is terrible. <laughs> I was just like, I was like, oh yep. my God. Like, everybody hates you for this decision. I'm like, yeah. what? That's right. Yeah, I, I got to pull it up here. It turns into a running joke among your fans. Yes. They really <laughs> to enjoy Dr. Pepper with their hot dog, not something called real Dr. Thunderman. Mm. And, uh, yeah. Pick the, oh, if you right, if you pick that choice and you roll poorly, and I, I, I'll spoil it here, that has a only a thirty five percent chance success rate. I was like, if you roll it, poorly, you lose seventy thousand dollars. Yeah, lives. I was like, oh my god, what did I do? Well, I mean, the, the, I mean, think about it, right? Like, I yeah. mean, a lot, most of us have some kind of knockoff or, or regional pop, right? And if you're in North, if you're a Carolina person and cheer wine, oh yeah, like, you're like great. That stuff's delicious, but. Sometimes it sucks. <laughs> and and if you imagine like the Walmart brand or Aldi being like the head of your pouring rights company or, you know, for all of your sporting events, I could see some people are like, this sucks, uh, which I think is, is quasi realistic. I, I will I don't think, I don't know of any school that partners with anybody other than Coke or Pepsi. I don't even think there's a seven up or a Dr. Pepper company that I'm aware of, not even Baylor. We should reach know. out and find out. Yeah, so someone's got some school in Maine's got to have Moxie as their as their thing. Is there a Fago school? I want to find the Atreat school. Where's the Atreat school? We need to find the last RC Cola school. Um, you know, I I I am collecting contracts of Division two schools in Texas because I'm a sicko just like you guys. I haven't read all of them that I've gotten yet, but maybe there is like a West Texas state somewhere. Come on, Sol Ross. Come on, I so mean, Ross. Yeah. Hey, what about right. you know UT RGV? You know, partnering with Haritos or something. God, like that. hey, go, go right. So ahead. here's a you would think you would think shocking about UT RGV. Most of those dudes don't speak Spanish. No, like the most athletic department came from Arkansas, and they're less Latino than I am, and I am a crappy Latino. Um, <laughs> and, and they need someone to put their arm around them. This is a different show. I'm just like. Maybe maybe we should be we should use the Mexican Coke for for the the, the games here, or at least dual broadcast and, and not just English. 
That's surprisingly not many people are hip to that. So that's so it's funny. That's where I'm from originally. Oh yeah, I'm from Edinburgh, and so I oh, right I, I grew up I grew up around UTP, and my mom went there. And so for them to have a football team coming up, I, I'm, if you ever see tweeting about it, that's all me. Cause I'm, I am so excited about this thing. It's, it's going to be fun. It I, I love the coaching hire they've yeah. made. I love some of the administrative things that they're doing. And man, when they, when that, I mean, like they've, they've sold like 10,000 season yeah. ticket like promises already. Yeah. I know I did not appreciate how football starved that part of Texas is. It right? is. I mean, like for a Brownsville game, you're going to get what twenty thousand people if it's a if it's a local game. It, it, uh, for, for for some of these here, and you have to go pretty far yeah. to get any kind of higher level college. It, that, that should be a very well supported program. It, it's 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 interesting because beyond that, you have Texas A and M Kingsville, which is D two in Lone Star, yeah. and then past that, it's San Antonio. Yeah. Like like growing up, that was the thing. I I didn't. I, my favorite baseball team were the Astros five hours away. My favorite basketball team were the Spurs four hours away. So you just end up very isolated. This could be, yeah, I'm very excited about this for the whole. I can use it too, because my uh, wife, my in-laws are in Mission, McAllen area. Mm-hmm. So, hey, you want to see the the grandkids? I'm going to go check out a UTRGB game down there this weekend. So maybe I can pull some stuff off like that. Uh, no, that, that, that's, that sounds good. When, when, when that team is ready to go, I will absolutely make a drive, make a trip down there. Yeah, don't drive, uh, don't drive it, fly it. Don't, don't, don't drive, fly. No, <laughs> don't, don't drive long, it. I'm in Chicago. That's yeah, a long drive. Fly, fly, fly. Yeah. yeah. Definitely well, fly. Fly in the McAllen. The airport's not too bad. Laredo, don't do that. Don't do that. So before we get on to our last little bit, a couple of news items just to talk about for a bit. First off, uh, Biff Poggi, our boy at Charlotte, decided today that at AAC Media Days, he was going to say, he was going to draw the line and throw the flag down. I'll pull up the audio for that because that is funny. Can we can we say, like, you know, he's got, Biff is beefing with the media again. Yes. <laughs> I, I, I was already I was already liking this hire just for just for sheer whateverness. And then today when he decided that he was going to uh to go off, it just made me so happy. Let's see here. We hear that. Any other questions for coach? That's it. Three questions. Maybe right, that's because you have us ranked last. That's all what you think of us. <laughs> so that that we, we get that message. Thank you. Go off, King. Especially you're coming in, you are Head coach is Charlotte. This is your first collegiate head coach thing. You want to play the disrespect card? Do it this way. Perfect. Wonderful. No, no. Biff is just going to be doing things. Uh-huh. I think. And, and, and just doing a lot all the time. And I, I mean, I haven't thought deeply about Charlotte football. If I'm not on the phone with their athletic director, I think the entire time they've been FBS. And if you need to hire a walking meme to do it, who also happens to be like Scrooge McDuck, uh, at the at the same time, great. Like, oh no, it doesn't work out. No bad things happen to the great Sterling 49er program. Like, who cares? Uh, I'm 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 looking forward to this attitude, uh, especially after they get like smacked by like 35 points from by like by UTSA in the beginning, and then you know he has to talk about it. It'll be fun. Uh, we also need to get him a Charlotte tie because I still think he's wearing Michigan gear. It, it was green when I looked at it. It, it was okay. it was okay. golden. And I don't know if like maybe he just like tinted the former navy part of the tie and just put like <laughs> some green over it because he's still rocking the Michigan gear. Because we've maybe. we've seen at least a couple of pictures of him is still in Michigan gear in Charlotte. Have we yep. considered that this tie is the dress? Oh god damn it! Now I can't. Yeah. <laughs> it's, now it's yeah. Now it's just blue. It's 
it's blue and white or whatever. No, I don't. I don't, I don't think he's a big tie guy. Oh, you think? I, I think the most time I've seen him yeah. has been in shorts and a, and a cutoff t-shirt too. So yeah. yeah, he's not. He's not a big sleeve guy. <laughs> and, and, and typically, if if this is too restrictive, then generally ties are. You know, you know what he ought to do? He ought to pivot to like bolo ties. Oh God, Ooh. yes. Just be a complete fashion pioneer, which I understand doesn't really fit with Charlotte, where everyone works for Bofa and and, and has to dress exactly the same. But if you're go. going to lean into being a weirdo. I mean, you know, it, it looks green in this picture that I just okay. I, chat I see it. I see. I'll, it I'll give you that in, in in our sickos Discord there in our podcast stream, which it looks green there. He's got a cigar. <laughs> got a giant cigar. God. Giant cigar. Go for it. I man. love how his pocket square just doesn't match anything. And nope. It doesn't match a thing. I hope this is his only suit. Can we please let this be his only guy? suit? I just had that same thought. <laughs> that, that, that'd be a good UP story. See if I get the menswear guy to critique coach coach, uh, <laughs> coach jackets. Oh, I would enjoy that house. so much. I'll have to send him a DM. Mm-hmm. We, you know, we, we were actually going to do this at Vox with Racked back when Racked still existed. Oh, yeah. To like to, to break down Jay Wright and Bobby H- and like and Bob Huggins, like sideline <laughs> fashion. Uh, until somebody at higher box higher up was like, why, why, why are you talking to the unwashed sports bros? And like, <laughs> I, got, I got squished, but there are layers here about it. Yeah. Other bit of fun news is that we have a new rivalry trophy, the Schnellenberger trophy, Miami and Louisville are playing for a set of boots. I really think we should broaden this out. You know, he did coach at Oklahoma for 95, no matter what Oklahoma fans will say that that happened there. <laughs> Yeah, Oklahoma fan our mission's like it never happened. It was part it of the dark happened. years. I'm sorry. I, it, was I, dark, I, it was the dark decade. I don't know what happened there. And then you have to get FAU in this too, because as we covered before on here, at, he was the genesis of the FAU program. It was there, you know, he was the person that created the program, and then he was the person he chose to hire to coach the program. This should be a four-way trophy. But have Miami and Louisville having a trophy is funny anyways, but new trophies are always great, so I can't say anything. What is Miami gonna do with a pair of boots? with cutoffs why is this not a pipe and a yeah. giant mustache yes i mean <laughs> yeah i mean like the, the the boots are great but the 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 iconic schnelly image is, mm-hmm. is is the pipe and that was the 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 through fare through all of his coaching gigs i think he even had it when he was at alabama like that that would have been a delight i mean i i recognize that a giant bronze pipe is, is maybe too big 10 for the acc like that sounds like some bullshit. They're like, no, no, Purdue and, and Purdue and Michigan State have been playing for the the, the beat up pipe since 1807. Start claiming that. <laughs> yeah, but I'm, I, the boots are fine. They're very shiny. I had to look at 1995 Oklahoma, and I'm I'm looking at it. It they finished five five and one. Yeah, it wasn't a great year. And then I was like, okay, that's not bad on its face, but uh, they tied Texas. They they lost to Kansas, 38-17. Then the last three games of the year, they lost to K-State 49-10. They lost to Oklahoma State 12-0. Can't do that <laughs> at all. No. And then they lost to number one Nebraska 37-0. Ouch. Yeah, that, that's why he was going. After well, that. he was. He also came in, if I remember correctly, his thing was that he came in and was like, either tradition doesn't matter here, but you all aren't worthy of this tradition. Like, he really tried to rock the boat hard, and it just it fell so flat in Oklahoma. <laughs> Lastly, the only other interesting really news thing we have is that Jim Harbaugh has negotiated his resolution to his cheeseburger issue and is going to be banned from coaching for four games, four very intense games, which includes, I believe, East Carolina, Bowling Green, Rutgers, and what was the fourth game? 
the first game is is Rutgers. Oh man, it's nobody. Oh UNLV, my bad. It's yeah, East Carolina, UNLV. UNLV, Bowling Green, and Rutgers. Yes, tough games. Yeah, I'm I'm really sure that they're going to miss his leadership on the sideline for those four games. Point of order: the ECU game is September second on Peacock. I think we all remember what happened the last time Michigan was making a debut on a channel that not everybody gets. Oh, uh, against a school from North Carolina. I tweeted about this and I, I'm dead serious. In the unlikely event that ECU pulls this game off, I think it's going to be the only one of these four games where the line is going to be under 30 points. Yeah. Um, UNLV and Bowling Green are going to suck. I will pull in every professional favor I possibly have to get ECU football a burger-related NIL deal because that's why Harbaugh was suspended for lying about burgers. So if I got to call in every agent, every NIL consultant, everything I possibly can say, listen, this is not for my own personal benefit, but cookout, we need to get that cookout money. Mm-hmm. For breakfast for you know, our boys in Greenville. Like I, 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 I will, I will find a way to make it happen. There's at it's least there. three locations of cookout in Greenville, North Carolina. So perfect. Yeah. We will help you out too if that happens. There's one right down on Greenville Boulevard. It, you know, half a mile from campus. Like we can, uh, we could make this happen. I mean, it should happen anyway because I want people to get money. But it would be, it'd be very funny if they beat Michigan. The Harburger. We just call it that, you know. Someone in our mention suggested that they basically flip a coin before every game until they get four heads to decide the four games he's not going to coach at. Like randomize those four games throughout the season. Don't let him pick and choose. And that right there, I love that idea. Don't just let it go like first four games. Oh no, the first four games, that's going to suck. No, 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 no. Let's do this randomly because it's, then it's a, then it's an actual punishment. It might hurt a little bit. I mean, guys, he, he I mean, he lied about, ordering two hamburgers for breakfast with the recruit. Like it's, mm-hmm. it's as much as I would love to channel every bit of hatering. Yeah. Come on, get your, get your Ohio state energy in here. Look, I mean, I'm here to dunk on John, on John U. Bacon for you know casting this guy as a paragon of truth, justice in the American way. And and now, now he's being hauled off to NCAA jail as the lawless felon that he is. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're talking, we're, the, the the funny thing about this is that this man had two hamburgers for breakfast. Like that's oh, yeah, for that's, sure. what we, that's what we need to keep be, you know, beating into people's skulls. I don't care that he lied about feeding a recruit and paying with his own money. Like that's 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 not that's not even a funny crime. The the, the crime is what he did to breakfast. <laughs> as as someone who often goes to Whataburger breakfast that is that goes from eleven PM to eleven AM, I appreciate the fact that I can get a burger at 6 a.m. if I want to. So me and John Harbaugh, we're not Jan, John, good God, Jim Harbaugh. Yeah, John too, the whole family. John definitely does this too. Oh, yeah. does too. And, and, and let's throw, we can throw Tom Crean in there. I bet all three of them are going oh, to know it's 5.30 in the I morning. I don't Tom like, Crean does. He's a weird I mean, Tom Crean, Tom Crean had some really, really passionate opinions about the Mexi Melt and, and we, the Sicko's Committee Basketball account. It just says, like, he, he tweeted at like, like 12.30 a.m. Yeah. In the morning, he's talking about the Mexi Belt, <laughs> and so he quote tweeted it. I was like, nobody but Tom Green is tweeting about missing the Mexi Belt at twelve thirty a.m. in the morning. Oh no, there are there are a lot of people who are tweeting about missing the Mexi Belt at twelve thirty a.m. Um, they are just all in college. Yeah, and high as and high as shit. Yeah, the 
you've got to understand that these are coaches who absolutely have a ranking of every public bathroom in every town that they have ever been in. And they have that ranking for reasons. I should have with that. Please do. Remind, mm-hmm. Okay, put put this on the Trello board. Uh, FOIA bathroom rankings. <laughs> I wonder if you could get like internal I, if, emails. If I, like... If, I, if, I, if I sent that to 70 schools, the odds of somebody actually sending me a responsive document. Yep. Hi. That'd be great. Just like, hey, we're, we're coming into, you know, Boone, North Carolina. Avoid this this gas station at all costs. We are not going to that Flying J. That's the bad That's Flying J. That is the bad <laughs> Flying J. No. This, speaking of which, I will tell you, when, before I head off here, I did file a request recently for the copies of each school's specific urination chart. Like, do you guys remember? Yes. yes. We love those. Of, of course, right? So for, for those that are not familiar, there was a famous graphic for Texas when Tom Herman was there about um you know the, the the color chart for your urine right and if i believe the the the, the worst case would be you're a bad guy right? you're a bad teammate you're a bad teammate you're a selfish teammate but there was a similar version i believe at utsa where uh you would either be juiceful or useful yes. or juiceful <laughs> or useless which is the terminology that we use in my household talking to my children <laughs> if they are not hydrated enough and like sweetheart you're juiceless and useless. Or, or, <laughs> yeah, flush was clearly juiceless and useless, right? And then there too, the Tulane one is just as hydrate or die. <laughs> and there's, there's, there's no graphics. I'm like, all right, I got three of these weirdos. Huh. There's just got to be 10 other ones here. The public needs to know. Yeah. So if you are a operations staffer at a, at a university and you know your piss graphic, uh, our tips line for extra points is compliance at extrapointsnb.com. Please send that to me because it might be faster than your open records department. And support clerk is just like, what is this? What is this shithead doing here? <laughs> I, I went to law school. Why do I have to do this? I'm like, for the internet. The internet. Well, Matt, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. Thanks for letting Friends, us know about your yeah. game and everything. And it's it's been a pleasure. Thanks thanks so much for having me. I I, I hope you all enjoy it. If you if you are not reading extra points by all means I, I think the free edition is something that you would probably all be interested in and uh thank thanks for thanks for supporting what i do thank, thank you matt. matt yep Good night. see you matt. see you matt of the things we're gonna plug tonight join the six- sleep. let's do ads <laughs> <laughs> join the sickness community patreon and discord for five dollars a month you get fun things like being able to yell at us in person in real time for our bad opinions Yes. You also get to see the pictures we post during podcasts, which make absolutely no sense. And you get to make plans with Pit Girl and I to um, visit abandoned turnpike tru- tunnels. True facts. Well, facts. We also have Commission's Corner. The first episode is up. The second episode will be recorded tonight, I believe. So I'll cut that so. and post it on Friday. Yeah. Beth and I eventually are going to put up our first episode of, I don't know what we're going to call it yet, reviewing fight songs. I think we're starting with Notre Dame. So that should be fun. Fight song or die. Song or die. You, could, you could call it the band of brothers no uh that's just not gonna work that's a hbo show we'll workshop uh, some uh, whatever we'll figure it out abandoned abandoned actually 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 then we have our merch store sickos-committee.selfi.store we have a live laugh yes ha 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 yes poster and a bunch of other stuff i don't know if you guys saw the swimsuit <laughs> They have ladies swimsuits now. Kamish, we drop that in our in our in our. I'm gonna go ahead chats. and do it. Yeah, we'll in the four uh, of us chat so they can see it. Oh, in the four chat. Oh, yeah, I was just gonna drop, put it drop, in the the full. Yeah, drop the main one. That's fine too. Okay, I'll put it there and then I'll put it here. So it's in that one and then I'll ladies. Put that 
ladies, you, would you like a one-piece sickos bikini? <laughs> I didn't do the bikini one. Okay, the faces. There's a bikini one. There's a bikini. I didn't do it. So they the added like thirty so new good. products. They added thirty new products, and then like seven of them are like women's leggings, uh, like a women's uh, you know, graphic all over swimsuit, uh, bikini. There's, I mean, there's so much stuff, and so I did that. That face is like. just so good. Where does the print go on the leggings, though? Like, can I get? It's on the leggings? side. It's oh, on the okay. Side. So I, I can't get put, leggings with sickos guy on the ass. I couldn't put sickos on. The, if I could, I would have put it on the ass and, and put that shit on the store immediately. But I could not. And they say they're print all over leggings, which is bullshit because I can't put the sickos guy on your butt. <laughs> so this, which is a shame because now we could put hydration chart stuff right across the butt. But yes. well, that's right. Hydrate or die. The new juicy is hydrated. The new juicy is hydrated. Juiceless. Juiceless or useless. Juiceless and useless across the ass of juicy juicy couture shorts. I would buy 30 of them and I would wear them for for everything. Hey, pick girl, you want to wear a white bathing suit? No. (laughs) Yeah, that also seems like a a problem. White things have this tendency, I don't know if y'all have noticed... To go somewhat see-through. Oh, huh. Moistened. Mm-hmm. Well then. Well, so we have new options now. We'll save that for the Sickos Committee OnlyFans. Sick OnlyFans. Also, shout out to Message Board Genius's podcast. They go to the crazy places we refuse to until we get Pit Girl a twi- a, an account. So she can read Pit Crazies. <laughs> I think I'm just going to buy you a subscription to BGN and that's it. We'll just throw you in as a sleeper cell on the West Virginia boards. <laughs> That could be fun. That might actually I, be fun. I'm not going back on there. As we well, t- you should not. T- today we have a Clemson person on the Clemson board saying, why do coaches always say players had a good summer? Everyone gets a trophy these days. I need my coach to say, right now we've got a soft team. They don't know what hard work is. We need more negativity and public shaming. What's more public shaming from Dabo? Does he understand who his head coach is? I can't get my head in the mindset of message board people. And maybe that's my problem, or maybe that's a good thing, but I just don't get myself in that mindset where I can be like, I'm going to post this in a place that's semi-public. My shitty, shitty opinion is going to go public. Jordan, you put your shitty opinions on Twitter all the time. damn it. Except I feel like my (laughs) shitty opinions aren't as shitty as these opinions. They're not. Oh, good. Oh, wait, hold on. Their shitty opinion doesn't usually have almost 100,000 people that look at it. Yeah. True. Oh my god. Okay. Okay, oh, no. these leggings now. I'm loving these leggings. <laughs> why are they all white though? It's it's they're all white. I, I don't know why every because, the only because color men, option. Because men run this company. I guarantee <laughs> yeah. to you, not a woman works for this company high enough up to make these choices. I mean like give me like black leggings with that, but I just don't so you wanted the sickos guy on the butt. It's a little bit above the butt. He's pointing at the butt. It's That's pointing. pretty good. The like, ones hey. on, the, on the legs are pointing at the butt. Maybe I can mirror the other one there. I don't know. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm serious. I'm looking at how much these cost, too. It's it. I'd have to sell them for like, like 40, 45 bucks. No. Yeah, yeah it's a little steep. God. It's a little yeah. steep. It's not worth it. We also have, we worked with our friends over at Transfer Portal and No Context Football for their season preview 2023. For 10 US dollars, you get the PDF that covers all of FBS football, every team from the newcomers like Jacksonville State 
to the people who've been here for a while, like Charlotte. So if you like that, that if you want something to hang around, you need something to read, this is the place to go. We have our preview here. Kamish did the first couple pages for it. It's wonderful. Then we have our YouTube account. We got video, subscribe to it. Maybe one day we'll do a face reveal. Oh, wait. That's, that that's what the kids cute. like, right? On YouTube, they like the face reveals. I'm pleased to inform all of you that I am, in fact, a cartoon of Rosie the Riveter. That's what I look like in real life, too. We need we need to get what are the what are the things that the kids on YouTube do where they have like an anime character that lays over them? Oh, they live stream on Twitch, whatever. Yeah. Like a filter or something. No, this like is the, this is better. Like the Memoji stuff. No, this it's is like different that, and better. better. Like you like some people's whole personality, like their whole character on Twitch or YouTube is actually an anime character that like most follows their motion. I have a sister who's a Twitch streamer. I should ask her. I don't know anything about this. Well, I mean, you know, maybe YouTube, you, you can see that my glorious background view of my closet that I'm recording in. So maybe one day. We also have on our Substack the potato chip ratio is almost done or it's getting approaching done. Okay. I, I you know, I really went kind of crazy with it today. I, I'm just going to be you honest. Did. I don't know. You I, did. I went kind of insane. So I finished the you know, all the recruit information up, updating 8,903 entries. But the only problem is that the ratio was too low to my liking. And so the towns that I had used for this information, I had to expand the radius. So I just added another 5,000 things to the spreadsheet today. And whenever Kevin stops cussing at me, I'm, I'm sure he's not happy that I, I made him do more spreadsheeting. But he's got everything set up, so he just needs to copy the formulas. But but still, uh, this will give us the true ratio, I believe, and we'll go with these numbers, and, and hopefully they're higher and, and match what the blue chip ratio is. And that's what I was trying to do, but for a fun, uh, you know, potato chippy style of thing. And then lastly, if you like things that are wonderful and soft, you want some new shirts for the fall, maybe a new hoodie, make sure you look at Homefield Apparel. They This week, they have refreshes for Florida State and Georgia Tech. The Florida State refreshes, by the way, very good. Florida State has a lot of great gear, and that really pains me because I'm not a Florida State fan, but it's a lot of good-looking stuff. And they have St. John's as their new school with a very angry horse on the shirt, which I love. It's a good one. It's going to be the softest stuff you've ever worn. They also have joggers and a bunch of other things for the upcoming fall season. Order now. If it's your first order, use offer code yes, ha ha ha, yes, three ha's for 15% off. If it's not your first order, look for our posts. We have a referral link. If you click on it, we get a little kickback from that and you get the same awesome stuff as always. Well, folks, are you ready? You ready for yes! this? We're going to El Paso. Woo! Woo! Have no, we got I another slide? We not got another slide deck. We are the second ever show. podcast with slides. Uh huh. Yeah. Let's go. What what is this called, Jordan? Uh wow, that is a redundant ass logo. This is the Texas Western College of the University of Texas. No, what's the segment called, Jordan? Oh, sorry. This is the <laughs> segment that's called the best season of all time for teams who are below five hundred all time. Both sat at five hundred at. And I'm going to cut in some music here, too. We're going to listen to part of the UTEP fight song, which was originally Eyes of Texas. Oh. But, they, but they changed it. I want to see if you guys know this song. Oh. 
It's a really good fight song, I have to admit. Memories go back again. You guys know that song? No, but no. it's a vibe. It sounds familiar, but what is the song? again, I am not musically inclined. I do not know. That is the song uh, out. Uh, is the full name of the song out in the West Texas town of El Paso? Out of El Paso? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. Okay. It's a it's, I, it's an old country I song. Not, oh. I did not recognize that version of it. I like my mom was very into that whenever I was a wee thing. So I'm used to hearing like dude with guitar. Yeah. These these the actual lyrics of the song are out in the West Texas West town, Texas of, El town Paso. of El Paso. And it is a certifiable jam. Apparently, they asked the artists to use it, and they did. Yeah. So we're talking about the 1956 West Texas Texas Western Miners. First off, got to clarify a few things. They have been known by a bunch of different names. This was Texas School of Mines, Texas College of Mines, Texas Western College, and then in the 60s, they switched to University of Texas at El Paso. But at this point, starting in, I think it was like 52, they became part of the University of Texas, officially the system wasn't really in place at that point yet let's talk about this team when you think of utep or i'm gonna say i'm gonna say utep even though it's not proper here you think of utep football you don't think of like this brilliant history we do have this kind of glory period here where utep football was great and it also coincides with their time in one of our favorite conferences the border conference so we get all these little pieces that we love here this is 56. first off our coach this is Mike Brumblow. This was his only head coaching job ever. He coached at UTEP, Texas Western, from 50 to 56. He sent him to three Sun Bowls, won two of them, and had an overall record of 46, 24, and three. That's all you really need to know about him. He was from Texas, played guard at TCU, was a coach at Georgia pre-flight, the Skyhawks, I believe. One nice. of the good pre-flights was an Ole Miss assistant, was an SMU scout, and then got the job out in West Texas. Uh, also was the AD there for a bit. Also mm -hmm. was the basketball coach at TCU for a while, because why not? Do it all. Everywhere. And he was an assistant coach and the basketball coach at TCU at the same time. Get you a guy who can do both. The schedule. Well, we've got ourselves a border conference schedule, but there's a little bit of fun here, because if you remember when we talked about the border conference, Texas Tech was in that border conference, but they're a non-conference game here. This was Texas Tech's first year in the Southwest Conference. Ah. Okay. This was their, this was their, they'd gone independent for a bit and then transitioned from the border conference to the Southwest Conference. I was hoping that it was going to be a Wake Forest and UNC are playing as a non-conference game because no, they God, never see each other situation. Oh, so good. So our opponents this year are out of conference. We have Texas Tech, Abilene Christian, New Mexico, North Texas, and Trinity in San Antonio. And then in conference, we have Arizona, New Mexico A&M, which is New Mexico State, Hardin-Simmons, Arizona State, which at this point might have been Arizona-Tempe. I can't remember if that was the split yet. And then West Texas State, which is now West Texas A&M. And then they have a bowl game that I'll talk about in a bit. So this year, they go. They go 9-1. They win their conference. I'm going to tip my hand for it. They win the border conference. This is the only time they ever won the border conference. In fact, this is their only untied conference win a conference championship ever hang the banner hang the banner oh they they hang this banner oh yeah so the stadium the sun bowl right nope sun bowl didn't exist yet this is kid field 
Kidfield was named for one of the early coaches at uh, Texas School of Mines. It is actually still there in the footprint. It is near the Sun Bowl. It's sort of next door to it. As you can tell here, it's still built in the mountains. You have that beautiful like moon landscape. I'm not sure which of these hills is Handjob Hill, but I think it's close by. <laughs> so I'm not sure exactly which one is the, the famous hill, but uh, I'm sure we could figure that out with some. One could get a hand job on several of those hills. You know, in, any Jill, in, any Jill is hand job. No, any hill is hand job hill. Really, if you think about it. If you try hard and believe in yourself, mm -hmm. I mean, sure. I, I still think, I, mean, I think you can see Juarez from any of these spots too. So then, this is the fastest team in minor history, says the school newspaper. A lot of this stuff is from the school newspaper. Texas Western is so loaded with talent in the backfield that prediction on the starting lineup is a foolish. Bob Forrest, twin to end Derek. Dick Forrest is battling with, with Bob Laraba for the starting quarterback spot, and both are capable. Forrest is one of the finest runners in the border conference and has been a starter at two years at fullback and one of the most determined players at the college. Laraba is a better passer, however, and punt and was starter was a starter center last year. So we have a starting fullback and a starting center in the QB competition. And they run Perfect. they run a two QB offense all year. They have a running QB and a passing QB. The passing well, QB yeah, also you'd, Given who they're picking on this, you've got between a fullback and a center, they're going to need some just like sit on the side ones and like calm down stuff. This just a beautiful choice to have to make here. The first game against Texas Tech, sort of opening up their game against Southwest Conference rivals from the paper. We are the kings of the football world. The impossible has been done. Texas Western's warriors of the gridiron have defeated the team they weren't supposed to be able to beat. They've scalped the fledgling of the mighty Southwest Conference. In short, the Miners have beaten the Texas Tech Raiders. What does this mean? Well, besides meaning that we've got a reasonably good chance for a border conference championship, beating supposedly mighty Tech makes us one of the choiciest morsels on the schedules for every one of our opposition. They'll be aiming for us like we are rated number one in the nation. Okay, let's calm the fuck down here, Texas Western. <laughs> Let's calm oh down God. here. Okay. Chill That's out. Hype. Another article. I just love how it's like, yay, we win. We're going to be eaten. We're gonna we're gonna kill everybody. They're we're all the gonna most die. delicious snack. Next article. With the help of center turned quarterback and a player who cannot play contact ball because of a head injury, their kicker. The TWC Miners pulled an early upset over the Red Raiders of Texas Tech at Tech's home field last Saturday. Both teams were showing their first game jitters and fumbles on both sides were seen. Backfield men showed a little nervousness at the beginning, but became more sure of themselves later in the game. The loss was quite a shock for the Red Raiders because of their first year in the Southwest Conference. A loss to a border conference team is not the best way to start a season in the high-flying conference as the, as the Southwest. With Texas Western knocking off the Red Raiders, what are they going to do against such powers as TCU, SMU, and Texas A&M? Spoiler, they had a really bad year that year. Uh, let me find it. I believe they went 1-9. Wow. Sorry, two seven and one. Not the best year. Uh, their their try their big like put a check on this was that Texas Tech in fifty six got got uh, palindromed by Mary Hard by Harden Simmons forty one to fourteen. Don't let that happen. And the coach after these games said, "Brumblow, we are able to overcome many of the mistakes, but one of these days we are going to make mistakes that are going to hurt us. We may lose two or three games." Thanks for the quote, coach. Next, they play Abilene Christian and win it. They win 20-0 Abilene, in Abilene. And this was sort of their 
like getting their feet underneath them game for the year. Intermission one. First off, the Texas Western band is called the Marching Cavalcade, which is great. But can I talk to you about the drill team? Who are the gold diggers? Oh, no. Oh, no. That has not aged well. No, nope. oh, no. All of the diggers over there <laughs> wearing their cowboy hats. And I, I got to guess those are orange, bright orange ties or like neck neckerchiefs. The, it, oh, my God. It, the real question I have here is what are they wearing on the bottom? Because I can't tell if that's just chaps worn wrong. Or if we're wearing kind of like a floor-length loincloth ensemble with very high slits in both legs. I, I, I think they have one leg back. Because at first I thought they had both legs forward and the, the cloth was just going between both of their legs. But they have like one leg back in this picture. It's really weird. It is. I feel like it is possible that this is incorrectly worn chaps. Or or pants inspired by chaps. I All I know is that the the article calls them gay uniforms. Yes, the gaily colored the, uniforms. The, the the band is gaily colored, gave a salute to the class of nineteen sixty by forming a fish. Sure. Is like they welcome the freshman class by forming fish. Yeah, that makes that makes sense. Yeah, that's cute. Sure, that'll work. I really love that they're I mean, this is what Kanye West was talking about. I don't want no gold diggers. I mean, I don't, I don't, he's not I a YouTube fan. With no broke broke. Broke broke. <laughs> Kiss Bob version. Yes, wow. Kiss Bob's back. Intermission part two. <laughs> The PKT, which is Phi Kappa, I think Phi Kappa Tau, finally retrieved the Miner's Victory Bell. So they have a bell that they would ring in the student section at the end of the field when the team scored. The Victory Bell from Kidfield has finally been returned to its rightful home at TWC. The appearance of the bell last Saturday night brought loud cheers from the student section who sadly recalled this theft last February. This was September. Hmm. The rumor at the time was that our rivals from A&M had absconded with it after the Minor Aggie game. The meek, mild, and indifferent corpse of the TWC student, uh, student spirit arose in the Phi Kappa Tau Lodge when they learned through their chapter at A&M, Beta Alpha, that the bell had in fact, was in fact in the hands of the infidel Aggies. The bell Whoa. was liberated under the direction of Fred Seeley, a pledge master, and will be reinstalled in its true resting place at the end of Kid Field before the A&M football game this Saturday. It is alleged that the responsibility for ensuring that the bell will be reigns at TWC will be assumed by PKT. This was also at the height of some very big vandalism and like prank wars between and, uh, New Mexico A&M and Texas Western. Also, I threw the picture of the drum majorette Sue Dickinson because it apparently had appeared in her local newspaper and the prospector was like, we should put it here too. She looks like she belongs on the side of a World War II bomber. It's, mm -hmm. it's fabulous. She's doing a little bit of boobs and butt pose, too. Mm -hmm. So, mm -hmm. like, props to her spine. Yeah, not yeah. quite an Escher girl, but getting there. Intermission one over. We go to New... We, we play New Mexico at home. Texas Western overcame first half jitters to easily romped over the New Mexico University Lobos 34-0. Jim Bever and Rusty Rutledge, great name, led the second half rush during which they netted 27 points. The Beavers pushed the Miners into the lead in the first half when the first quarter he sprinkled he sprinted through the left side of the Lobo line and outraced the last man between him and the goal. A play that covered 58 yards. Rutledge, although not scoring, set up three by bulldogging by his bulldogging tactics through the New Mexico line. Texas Western lost the ball three times in the first half on fumbles and had two of their aerials picked off by the Lobo defense. That's five turnovers in the first fucking half. This is wow. this is something that comes up many times this year. 
they were as good as they were. They had five turnovers in the first half and still won the game 34-0. In fact, apparently the only time the Lobos came close was against they were playing against Texas Western's third string. In the next article, Texas Western still hasn't solved the quarterback problem. Who is QB1? Bob Forrest has been overshadowed by passing department by Bob Laraba. Laraba hit five of 11 tosses last Saturday to give the hint this form of attack. I I really love that they have a battle of the Bobs at the quarterback position. Bob Forrest and Bob Laraba. Bob. Well, I mean, the other guy has like two Bobs in his last name, so it works out. Can we take a moment to appreciate the jewelry advertisement that is in here? Say it. How often do you see Shane's Fine Jewelry, the jewelry headquarters for TWC students in front of post office? How often do we see fine jewelry marketed to college students? Mm-hmm. That's how you know it was fine. I mean, they had gold diggers there, so. This is just Texas Claire's. That's right. <laughs> then they play Arizona in a, in a conference game. Again, in your head, get to the idea that Texas Western and Arizona were in a conference together. Texas Western wins this 28-6. Only minutes remained in the game when Timbers came to a height as the two teams figured out figured to be in the thick of the conference race squared off in hand-to-hand combat. Players rushed from both benches when the flare-up broke out. Fisticuffs. Fisticuffs. Scrapping. They, they actually, this was probably like a legit fight. It wasn't like one of those that was broken. Oh, up. no. Was... There's, there's no way this was just like fun pushing or whatever. This was absolutely just, and this is absolutely just like a complete beatdown. I guarantee it big dumb rock fight you know how we talk about if you're having a bad season you need a get right game mm-hmm. and i think for one team we've covered already it was north texas mm-hmm. right go to north texas get right game turns out if you're having a good season you go to denton it's where it goes to die because they game. lose to north texas oh. an unbeaten team an unbeaten miners team goes to north texas and loses 13 to 6 I feel like that's Ooh. the thing, like the Western, like UTEP had an issue with it and like they, they lost here, but like 1982, New Mexico should have beat North Texas easily, yes. but they barely survived that. Mm-hmm. So, you know, maybe that's the, the you want to avoid North Texas when you're having a good season. If you're having a bad season, North Texas will help you get better. So also, this I, is, I these are the North Texas Eagles, the not Eagles. the Mean Green. We are, we are pre-Mean Green here. Oh. A sigh of anguish could be heard around campus last weekend as the mighty miners were rolled out on the undefeated ranks by underdog North Texas State 13-6. The Eagles had everything their way in winning the big one from TWC. They showed a homecoming crowd to some real football and stomped on winning streak of four games for the miners. Maybe this defeat will help the miners in their second half of the season. A little confidence can't hurt any team when they can't see beyond it. The remaining games on the miners' schedule will be not sorry the remaining games for the miners will be no easy schedule what's a sigh of anguish is that like the charlie brown arg i'm i'm, <laughs> I'm imagining the the comic strip kathy right now and ack. the ack. that's 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 it right there also we have some injuries here we've got uh, their running back has an injury and then a starting lineman also has an energy uh, injury here re-injured an old knee wound yes did he take an arrow to the knee? Like, what's know, going man. on with knee? I mean, I mean, this this is fifty six. It might have been in World War Two. Oh, that's true. Uh, yeah, who hmm. knows? Honestly, I have a thirty six year old lineman who has no, returned from the war. Wouldn't wouldn't surprise me at this point. I mean, like Wyoming had like that thirty year old man, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> boom boom. <laughs> Intermission two. 
Headline. What? Four miners arrested for dynamiting. Yes. <laughs> big crimes. They have a tradition called M Day. There's a big M on the mountain that they paint and they whitewash. The freshmen do it in tradition. And there was a lot of talk in the newspaper about how they're going to cancel this because no one shows up to things. Hey, another you know, theme again. Freshmen just don't fucking show up to things. They're lame. They don't go to the dances. They don't do the traditions. They suck. And then these four gentlemen decide to do the tradition, which is starting M-Day with dynamite. They were arrested for this. Lots of letters to the editor being like, these poor boys are just doing tradition. I don't know what's going on here. The president of the college said dynamiting is a tradition that has outworn its usefulness as tradition. Lame. What, what? what, was, the, what was the useful period of this tradition? I don't know. I mean, there's probably nothing much going on in El Paso out there. So let's blow some shit up. So uh, I mean, why not? They're a school of minds. The dyna- they they're, they're, provi- they're applying practical skills they learned in class. Just as Blaster the Burrow is applying practical skills he learned sure. at Colorado School of Mines. Mm-hmm. That's right. Two other little articles to read here. TWC student is paid to make noise. Only one student, Texas Western, has permission to make a big noise on campus. This student is Ben Lucas, majoring in electrical engineering, who is the man behind the match when the fireworks go off at home football games. Point of order, is are, are the band folks, I mean, are the, the band director, for example, is the band director not paid to make noise? I guess so. But apparently he arranges his halftime show with the band director of the, in the music department. Oh. I want to yeah. see what what kind of synchronicity we can have between fucking 1956 fireworks with with some dude with a match literally. I mean, I, I think it's got to be pretty good cuz I mean, Utah is 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 adept at blowing shit up. So, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they have a day <laughs> how long have we been doing the 1812 overture in sync with cannons and shit it can't be I that mean, hard be that is that true difficult. that is true that's right. that's right so here's my question the here we have a student who is running a fireworks display oh yeah some school was the last one to have a student set off their fireworks display, <laughs> and i want to know who that school was arizona state this 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 guy definitely made the fireworks too right he oh, definitely yeah. made the fireworks Absolutely. It was like I got black powder from out in the mining lab. And other one is the minor Aggie board to punish vandals. The two schools created a joint board to uh, punish wrongdoers who vandalized the schools. The board is a result, Dean Youth has said, of heavy damage done in the past prior to athletic contests between the two schools. Aggie students have poured salt in the kid field grass <laughs> and the lawn near the student union building to form a huge A's. Texas Western students visited the campus of Las Cruces school and tampered with a cattle breeding experiment. Whoa. What did they do to the cows? Dean Uthis added in a humorous vein that he understands one of the A&M students on the disciplinary board was in charge of the breeding experiment, which the pranksters rudely interrupted. <laughs> Go for it, guys. Take fear. Go I, ahead. I was going to make want. a joke about salting the earth, but like, man. I mean, I, I don't have much to say here. I, I'm kind of at a loss of words. I, I gotta read it again. You know, this is a really high stakes prank. Depending on when in the process you choose to interrupt the experiment. Yep. <sighs> I'm just pu- like, I'm if picturing- we're just shutting the shoot, then okay, that's one thing. But if you're in there and like you've decided to interrupt proceedings, bring fireworks, bring bring dynamite. <laughs> They're just the fun pranks we have, guys. Commission okay. spaces. Commission spaces. Uh, I mean, I, again, I'm just I'm trying to imagine like how are they interrupted? I mean, 
is it fireworks? Have we confirmed that? I mean, oh, I don't know. There's, I'm there's, assuming because nothing you know, else about this. Wants to blow shit no. up. Did there... you bring in a third participant? <laughs> a very angry, another very angry bull. Did did somebody just run out to be a rodeo clown? I mean, what what's what's going on here? I it, mean, I would this 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 school newspaper was also. This also presupposes that you're actually using live breeding, which most cattle breeding experiments don't. Mm -hmm. So yeah. usually you're just in the middle of like electrode semen collection to go in the old sperm tank. Mm -hmm. I, I see why UTEP and, and New Mexico State don't like each other. I'm just going to say this. Yeah. I, I really do. And I'm excited for the 100th meeting of, of UTEP in New Mexico State because I want to know that the, the student who had his cattle breeding experiment so fucked up so badly and so pissed off that he marches into the president's office demanding a joint discipline board between the two schools to stop this. <laughs> oh my God. So their next game was against New Mexico A&M and they fucking bodied them. 51 to 17. This was in Las Cruces, which they call State College. I don't know if that was the name of the city or the part of the city where Las Cruces is, but they call it State College several times. That's weird. I don't like it. Yep. That's weird. The well, first I mean, they, they called it State College and then it eventually became New Mexico State. First half was kind of rough, but in the second half, it took three just three plays in a minute and 22 seconds to pick up their first score where Jimmy Bever Bevers with his knee injury came through it and ran, in, ran into the end zone. Can we just have a moment of appreciating the com the combo of this headline and this byline? Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it's great. Yes. The headline is Forest Paces Minor When by Forest Pacer. Did the onion write this? Also, I threw this picture in here just because I like the borough, but this is from 66. But apparently the predecessor to this borough, this is Henry. The president of the college called the predecessor a sorry-looking pot-bellied creature not suited to represent the miners. Oh, oh. So they had to get a new one. I bet he was cute. Be kind to the borough. I Next. mean, I, I got to give it up for Forrest Pacer. Like, he probably saw that this, he probably knew this was the only opportunity to ever do that. Mm -hmm. You know, mm -hmm. and then he took it, and, and, and I applaud him for that. So we have a big win over Hardin Simmons for homecoming, 51 to 13. This gives Texas Western full control over the board, 50, uh, full control over, sorry, 51 to 30, my bad. It's 51 13 in the um, article, which is what got me. Which one was real? The previous game was also way wrong. Was it? Yeah, it was. Hold up. We got the, Math the, is hard? I don't know. You know, Forrest is messing up here. I don't know if it's forced again, but okay. Like there, there. This newspaper was was so fifty-one thirteen is correct. Is the correct score? Okay. Okay. But In the, the previous headline one, is was wrong. it seventeen or seven? Uh, previous one is fifty-one to seven. Fifty-one. Seven. Okay. So that was wrong. Okay, too. so the headline was wrong again, but the article was okay. Right. So their headline editor was shit. Got it. Their headline editor sucks. All right. Perfect. Unless he's making puns on his own name. Got it. <laughs> So what this does is it lays the stage for basically the game again in Tempe against Arizona state is going to basically decide how this goes, this conference goes and they have to go to Tempe. They decide they're, just gonna, they're not going to take a bus because not enough people fucking cheer for this team. Take a burrow. So everyone had to get in their cars and go. Also pick girl saw this earlier too. I was posting, but the society page of this newspaper was amazing because it just talked about who was dating. 
mm-hmm. who was at football games and who someone went to Abilene and didn't come back with their fraternity pin. Wonder what happened. Oh, also, also someone was talking, one of the gentlemen was talking to a, a, tra- a treacherous gentleman was talking to a lady in Albuquerque. Oh, a blonde. Pearls. Yes. Additional evidence for our theory that newspapers are just Facebook before Facebook. So they play Arizona State and they win it 28 to zero. Oh, in look, front they of got a, the score right. In front of a capacity of 16,300 out in Tempe. And when they came back home on a pl- the plane, the whole crowd was there at two in the morning to cheer for them. Oh, right. several thousand students. They had signs. You can see the little bit of the plane in the back, <laughs> that middle picture. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And the biggest thing, the next game is going to be the first time that UTEP is on TV. Can I just say that Miner's Welcome is a disturbing sign? Yes. <laughs> this is a variant of Farmers Only. Well, so that was New Mexico State, but okay. So, so this is actually the time when the nickname stuck because for the decade before this, they were known as the Miners, the Muckers, and the Ore Diggers. So this next game against West Texas State College will be on TV. However, El Pasoans will not be able to pick up the game because of the distance. West Texas State officials that the telecast will reach 150 miles in flat plains country, but only a television freak would allow El Paso to pick it up. I don't know what that means. I think he may be referring to like atmospheric skip, which happens sometimes where like if you still listen to FM radio every once in a while, if the conditions are right, you can get radio stations that are like way further away from you. That's AM though. It's AM. Yeah. yeah, It happens with FM radio sometimes too. Yeah. I know for AM, like you can get stuff from like halfway across the fucking country at night. Yeah, that is, yep. that's how AM works. That's also why AM sounds like shit. Gotcha. FM yep. sounds better, but the range is shorter. Yep. It, this is why my very Pittsburgh dad grew up as an Atlanta Hawks fan. Because <laughs> it was just, it was what you could get. So yeah, get, get, get out the tinfoil and put it on those rabbit ears. Mm-hmm. That's, that's a 400 mile drive between. Yep. West Texas A&M, which is in Canyon, Texas. Hell yeah, Canyon. Which is, went, to band, went to band camp there. Which which is basically just south of Amarillo and and really, really, really far from El Paso, which El Paso, again, far from everything. So in between Lubbock and Amarillo is West Texas A&M. The Miners sweep past the buff 1613. That headline is way more confident than the game it is because 1613 – TWC looked like anything but the border conference champs in the first half, fumbling, punting against the wind for a yard, throwing in desperation passes, which were intercepted and playing all around spotty game. Oh, this sounds like our kind of game. But the second half saw the miners come roaring back under the leadership of Bob Forrest's passing and running. Oh, Bob's Bob Forrest is passing now. Bob is back. Included in this series was an impromptu run by Charlie Ward who had to run instead of kicking when the wind blasted the ball from the kicking position. He grabbed the ball a running and took out on the right sideline to set the ball up for a tying touchdown. A running. This is like a Christmas Christmas carol or something like that. Uh, this score, this kick was scored in the last like three seconds of the game. So what are our bowl options here? We are talking about the sun bowl and maybe an outside shot, shot at the Gator bowl. The sun bowl is the traditional border conference home game. The Gator bowl had apparently looked at them earlier on in the season two last game of the season against Trinity Trinity was supposed to be pretty good. Nope. TW miners dig tiger's grave 54 to zero. Oof. Yeah, that's rough. And they get invited to the sun bowl. Who are they going to face in the sun bowl? The George Washington colonials. 
ranked 17th in the nation in the AP poll. The first ranked team to ever play in a Sun Bowl. Is this while my dad was there? No, it wasn't. <laughs> and then we have coaching rumors. It was rumored that head coach Mike Bumblow of UTEP might be on his way to Texas University after showing with after his showing with Western this year, and what with Ed Price resigning. But written accounts quoted from him said he was very happy with the setup at Western and will stay with Western as long as he can keep them winning. He resigned after this season. <laughs> the Texas, well, that was as long as he could keep them winning. The Texas, he, this is, he retired, technically. The Texas University job seems like it's going to Bobby Dodd, head coach at Georgia Tech this year, and one of the nation's real smart coaches. <laughs> Turns out that that hire actually went to Daryl K. Royal. Wow. Who was the head coach of the Edmonton Canadian football team for one year in the 50s. I did not know that. So the bowl game versus George Washington. It did not go well. <laughs> this is one of those we're going to have to end the year on a downer, guys. First off, we have this team coming from out east. Everyone wasn't. Everyone thought that this was going to be like a cakewalk. Turns out this was not a cakewalk. This team was 17th in the country, did not win the Southern Conference, but uh, actually came in second to West Virginia in the SoCon. Their only loss was to West Virginia at Mountaineer Field, 14-0, but beat up basically everyone else on their schedule except for a tie with Boston University. And this game was kind of a mess. I want you guys to look at interceptions and fumbles lost over in the Texas Western column and count those up for me real fast. Oof. Ouch. Oh, oh that's six, not what you want. Can't have six turnovers, guys. Mm. No. Can't have six turnovers. Mm. Uh, the passing attack was dead in the water. Texas Western passes for 22 yards. That's not enough. And that's they threw enough three interceptions. And threw three interceptions on those 22 yards. Jeez. Yikes. <laughs> Seven yards per interception. And this was so bad that after the break, the Texas, the UTEP paper did not even cover this game. <laughs> Keep in mind that the the combined passing yards between G Dub and Texas Western in this did not break a hundred yards. I had to get this article from the GW newspaper, The Hatchet. GW surprises wow. miners in Sun Bowl. Quote: Weak Colonials cop 13-0 victory. Uh, George Washington University would not have a football team in ten years. Mm-hmm. This was their one and only bowl game they ever played in, and they won it. So I just good. can we take a second to appreciate the program because I really like the program. It's great. It looks like the outside of the fucking. It's a small world. It kind of feels like the LG logo. And also, this was the twenty second Sun Bowl. So again, listeners, if you ever think about oh, the Peach Bowl is this ancient bowl game, fuckers, the Sun Bowl has been there for so long. <laughs> The Sun Bowl is legitimately the second oldest bowl game. It is mm-hmm. very, very, very old. Respect the Sun Bowl. That's why That's why CBS pays big money every year to air it. Mm-hmm. To Sorry. watch a 6-6 six and six ACC team lose to a 7-5 and five Pac-12 team. It's hey. tradition and you'll hey. like it. Hey, hey, last hey. year was very respectable. We had 9-3 and three versus 9-3 and three or something. Yeah, it was. UCLA and, and Pitt. But and it was a banger. It was, it was a, a great game. But I love that the Sun Bowl always has some insane weather aspect to it. Mm-hmm. And the the one that, that happened just last year uh, or earlier this year, or was it 2020? I don't even it know what day it was. It was still 2022. Okay. It was December so 31st. last year counts, whatever. Or 30th. But the winds were the gust of like 25 mile an hour winds. And I love the game winning field goal for Pitt, which I know Pitt Girl loves that. But as soon as it gets through the uprights, it just takes a hook 
Like, yep. just right as soon as the wind just goes, oh, shoo. Just like, it also started raining in the middle of that game, and there was a rainbow. They showed it on the broadcast. I remember that. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yes. El Paso is, I think some, I, I don't know who said it, but as close to an alien landscape on Earth as you can find. So the post, let's break down the season, post-mortem. They lost two games, one in North Texas and one in the bowl game. None of those were conference games. They were perfect in conference. Some stats. Bob Laraba. He led the Miners in offensive department by rolling up a total of 1,174 yards. Jimmy Beavers, Bevers, which who was their running back, followed the total offense of 726 yards. In scoring, Bevers scored nine touchdowns for a total of 56 points. LaRaba was second with five touchdowns and four extra points because he was their kicker too. <laughs> Hugh Harmon scored three TDs for 30 points. Three of Hugh's touchdowns came on long punt returns. Charlie Ward was the Miners' big punter, and he booted 20. Good for 790 yards and an average of 39.5 average per kick. Bob Laraba kicked 22 for 691 yards and good for a 38.6 average, 36.8 average. Remember, Charlie Ward also took the head injury and could not play contact football for a while as well. In rushing, quarterback Bob Forrest led the team with 70 tries, good for 484 yards and an average of 6.9 per carry. Jimmy Bevers was second in this department with a total of 606 yards and 98 carries, which gave him a 6.2 average. I'm going to talk to you about Laraba's amazing passing numbers. Okay, this was their this was their passing giant. He threw 26 for 75. I'm I'm just remembering we did Mississippi State, Mississippi yep. Valley State. Mm-hmm. He threw for 75 in a game. In what game? 26 for 75 over the season for a total of 568 yards. This was 21.8 yards per throw, which is very good for any quarterback. That's in the article. Bombs only. That's it. Bombs Bombs only. only. Bob Forrest went 11 for 25 for the season. Good for 242 yards and two touchdowns. After reading these facts, the miners really impressed people on paper as well as on the gridiron. Other totals, by the way. Total for the season was two... uh, Was... 2,700 yards of rushing and 868 of passing on the gra- passing for a ground total of 3,968. This gave them an average of 356.8 yards per game. This was the high watermark for UTEP football. And after that, it was sort of a, yeah, it went downhill from there. But this team was hella fun. Two quarterbacks playing on the fucking surface of the moon. Won the border conference. What more do you want? Their coach ended up being one of the people that was involved. He was athletic director for two more years, and then he was one of the people involved trying to get the money raised to build the actual Sun Bowl. Hmm. Lived in El Paso for a long time. He was part of the community there for the rest of his life. So what more do you want from one of these stories? A bowl win. You'd probably want a bowl win to like cap the yeah, story off. I would but... think so. I was, I was... This year, UTEP. This year. I mean, their last bowl win was, what, 1967? I believe everybody hastily Googles UTEP football. I, I, I auto, autofill, baby. Autofill. I would be willing to bet that there is not a there's not another podcast in existence that Googles UTEP football as much as we do. That I, is I, I can accurate. almost guarantee that. Yeah, I, I will say that. Yeah, 1967. Uh, Bobby Dobbs, Sun Bowl. They beat Ole Miss 14 7 in 1967. Again, an, another CFL fucking connection. Bobby Dobbs. Was the head coach at Tulsa, then the head coach of the Calgary Stampeders, and then the head coach at UTEP. Hmm. From Calgary to El Paso. Gotta love it. He, he's from Monday, Texas. So he's, he's from out there. Sorry, Mundy. My bad. Ever I pronounce that. I do like the idea of a town called Monday. I bet there's one of those in Pennsylvania. 
Oh, it there would almost have to. There's a Monday's Corner. I know that. No, like Monday, like the day of the week. That's the problem is with Pennsylvania, we can't pronounce the word D-A-Y properly. We got Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. That's true. We do not have a Monday based off of hasty Googling. I forgot that Mike Price went to UTEP after the Alabama fiasco. Yes, he wound up in UTEP. And you could hide in El Paso back in those days. Uh, By by back in those days, you mean 05 to 12. Again, there was not, you know, readily available high-speed internet. Cable modems were still kind of expensive, I would say that. Yeah, Jor- uh, Jordan, I would like you to take a moment and do the math about how long ago 2005 was. No, I refuse that. That's right. I refuse to do uh, that math. Can, 2005 can vote now. How about that? Yeah, 2005 is a legal adult. Yes, gonna, they can vote now. I'm going to just... Um, I've, I've grown accustomed to that, but, you know, really, El Paso... UTEP needs to get a bowl victory, and, and of course we're going to be rooting for that. They haven't won one since 1967, and their only bowl game that they've ever won is the Sun Bowl. They've won it five times. Yeah, they have. But but unfortunately not 1956. UTEP to the Bahamas Bowl. Yes! That would be a lot of that, fun. That, that's It's the get right well, that's, And that's possible, because that's, that's CUSA, isn't it? Yeah, they're Conference USA. Doesn't uh, Mitzi go to that one every once in a while? Yeah, Mitsu. Um, so it's Conference USA versus Mac, I think, is Bahamas Bowl. Okay, then this is totally doable. This is yeah. our 6-6 six and six bowl game. Oh, yes. Yeah. Utah, or, pull it or, off. New, or New Mexico State to or New Mexico State out there. I, to the Bahamas, yeah, that'd be great. Get get these folks that are way out there just going from, you know, the mountain time zone all the way to the Bahamas, which, you know, UTEP could go for their, their second win in the eastern time zone all time. You're not going to be able to bring chilies with you. I'm are the sorry. Bahamas in Eastern Time or are they ahead of that? I think the Bahamas maybe an hour ahead. Bahamas maybe? time zone. Bahamas time zone. Yep, eleven fifty. They are Eastern. Perfect. There we oh, go. Perfect. There you go. You get a you get a win. Uh, another bowl win in in a different country. Go right ahead. Okay, folks. Like, like the anti-northwestern. <laughs> okay, folks. That's all we got for tonight. We'll see you on the other side.